Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you are watching on War Chant TV. We appreciate you. And uh, you can always uh, find me on Twitter at jcameronshow. I'm Jeff. Director Matthew temporarily, we think, filling in for Tom Wang. Hopefully Tom will be here. Uh, I don't even know how to address that. He's just dealing with something of a personal matter right now. Nothing. I don't want to alarm you, but at the same time, it's it's excusable. So there you go. Hopefully Tom will be in here shortly. We'll see. Uh, you can, uh, as I said, find us on Twitter at Jay Cameron Show. Some of you have uh, this week, and it's been fun. Uh, feisty group this week. A lot of frustration probably centered around a uh, dumpster fire of a, of a season right now for Florida State basketball. I would bring it. I don't think I should bring it. I don't think they're going to go to the NIT. I'd... There, there, there you go. There, there that is. Mm. I don't think so, man. I think this is uh, a train off the tracks. Uh, I think that's putting it um, mildly. Mildly. I, I think that uh, this is um, – wow, think about this before I get into the crooks of what uh, – on what happened, um, or where they're at, but spring football can't start soon enough. <laughs> I think that. I mean, look. First of all, you you could immediately turn your attention to FSU baseball. I think right, or FSU golf, or whatever you want to do. But uh, it's what a what a nightmare. Uh, you just you want something to you know just turn away. Don't look at it. Turn away. And there's so much uh, in the way of goodwill that's been built up for the program, um, the basketball program, that is, because they have really performed exceptionally well consistently for uh, quite a while now. And uh, I think that, um, you know, that that does give you – it doesn't give you a pass of being criticized. You can be criticized. I think they did some things last night that uh, made me shake my head. But – but at the same time, you know, you're not going to go uh, fly off the handle. This is one of those years where whatever could go wrong has gone wrong. And I do think at some point, and it's it's human nature to a degree, it's certainly admirable if you can fight through it, but when you're dejected, when you're down, when you're frustrated, when you've had a lot of things go south, um, I think it's really easy. I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of going through the motions because you know, you know, you, you know, you could say pride and competitive spirit and all that, but when you know that this thing's not headed to where you had anticipated, when you know that you're not going uh, to where, frankly, you've been consistently for a number of years now, I do think it's harder to remain focused. And I don't want to excuse what happened. They just lost to a god awful team in Pitt. That is a terrible basketball team, uh, worse than the ACC. And now we, right now, are playing like a team that's the worst in the ACC. So here you sit in the middle of a four-game skid, and you're hoping last night's game, albeit 9 o'clock on the ACC network, you know, this might be a bit of a reprieve. You might catch a break here. You're at a low point. You're reeling mentally and physically. But, hey, look, everybody. Pitt's come to town. 
Here's the salve that you need for the wound. Here it is. This is a gift from the basketball gods. Go get you a win. Go right the ship. Get this thing fixed. And if we, you know, by the way, just to lay it out there, this is the same pit team that was tied for last in the ACC at 8 and 16, 3 and 10 in the conference with a net ranking of 204. An 0 and 7 record in ACC road games. That's right, 0 and 7 in ACC road games. An overall 12-game ACC road losing streak, which extends back to January of last season. That's the level of suck Pitt was bringing to the table last night as they entered the TLC Double C. They had just suffered a 27-point ass-kicking 48 hours earlier when they faced Virginia Tech. So, you know, you think about this. Florida State pushed Wake Forest to the final minute of play this past Saturday at the TLC Double C. And John Butler able to go for the entire game this time around. He missed the second half of that Wake game due to the ankle injury. So, in essence, you had the cast of characters in Add John Butler uh, that, that, that pushed Wake Forest to the brink. And yet, you lose 56-51 in a game that was really kind of unwatchable. It really was. If you're flipping around, and I watch a lot of college basketball. By the way, I'm, I'm going to have to toot my own horn here. Uh, I can't choo-choo this team. I can't give them the hearty, full-throated choo-choo. They haven't given me the opportunity uh, in some time now. But I can choo-choo the hell out of this college sports book run we're on. You need to get you over to the, the college sports book on YouTube and follow it, guys. I'm just trying to make you money. It's not a 100% hit rate because, you know, it's gambling. But, man, are we on a roll. And we won again last night. And if you recall on yesterday's show, I said, hey, give me Oklahoma on the money line. I don't need to, I don't need the three points. They're going to win that game outright. Well, they won by 15. It was a rocking chair win. And then we also hit on our official game. Um, really doing a good job on these over-unders right now. i got a good system in place. Everybody's got a system. I do. I have a system in place. It's kind of a trial and error this year in basketball to figure out the system, but I have figured it out for now. Back to the issue at hand, which is a greater issue than whether or not I'm helping you in college sports book, although that is important. Um, you know, I, I just I, – I, it's difficult – for me to understand why this team looked like they were playing amongst strangers. Like they didn't look, uh, th there was no rhythm to what they did on the offensive end. They shot a low percentage. Um, you know, they, there was no crispness to the offensive attack. Uh, for the game, guys, they shot 28%. Do I have to repeat that? 16 for 56? Sirs. I mean, what are we out here doing? 7 of 24 from beyond the arc, that's under 30%. Uh, season low in points, 51. Season low in halftime points, 20. Second worst shooting percentage uh, this year. Only worse was uh, the weight game where they shot 24% uh, earlier. Um they they kept on trying to um they kept on trying to challenge uh 
Muhammadu uh, Gi. Um, that that I, I I just don't know. He had eight he had eight block shots at some point. Um, you know you 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 figure that thing out. Uh, I I just I'm a little angry. The sad part is, you know, we we did the chase the ball around, leave the three point shooters wide the hell open strategy on defense again, and Horton uh, decided to light us up, which a lot of people do. A lot of people do. We are betwixt and between. We don't know what the hell we're doing. And I love this coaching staff, and I have sung their praises, but ultimately when you have a team, albeit disjointed, convoluted as this season has been, injury-riddled as it has been, transitional as it clearly is, it you do have to ask the coaches what, what has happened here. This is an unmitigated disaster right now. They're a mess. There's more on this that I could get into. Um, you know, you go back with that, that six-game win streak uh, from January 8th through the 22nd, which now feels like ancient history, um, and you had an overtime win over Duke. Look at the, look at the town on that Duke team. And you're in your in that Miami team is good, by the way, whom we beat, who we swept. You look at the two teams in first and second place that Florida State beat. Doesn't that seem like ancient history? Doesn't that seem like this can't possibly be that team? You know, there's no doubt now that even if you were aware, even if you thought, well, there's a little bit of fool's gold to what we're doing here. Um, and, and we said that at the time, it felt a little fortunate, but it was also something to commend them for. I think without question that the fight, uh, the effort, all of that was there. Um, but you know, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird team because when this team was fully healthy over their first 19 games through the Georgia tech road loss on January 26th, they only managed to score 65 points in 10 of those games. They were never very good offensively and they had very little margin for error. We knew that. And you know, you lose Malik Osborne. I mean, that's a devastating loss for the season. There's no getting around that. Um, and I think, I think that you could argue that he was the heart and soul of the team and he's gone and things have gotten worse and they had more injuries and, you know, we look, Naheem McLeod, Anthony Polite, et cetera. Um, you know, you've got a, a shortened roster, Caleb Mills, who had 19 points, six of 16 last night. He's averaging over 16 points, nearly 17 points a game. Um, uh, over his last three, Matthew Cleveland had 12, all these, but they're, they're so shorthanded and now it's, um, Basically, what you have to answer some of my questions. I mean, you have not, what nine available healthy scholarship players, along with uh, a walk-on in Harrison Prieto. I mean, I, I you just lost at home to Pitt. How, how can you find another win? Now, you know, listen. The, the the high end for this team when they're playing well is to beat Duke, is to beat Miami. So maybe. But you're at UNC, you've got Clemson, you've got at Duke, at BC, at Virginia. But again, I can name whoever I want to name. You just lost a pit at home. So I don't think there's any magical run in the ACC tournament in Brooklyn on March the 8th. I don't think we're getting there. And 
It might be the first losing season since 2004-2005. We were 12-19, and 4-12 and 12 in the ACC that year. Um, and if you do lose out, and it's a distinct possibility, you'll do so on a 13-game losing streak, which would tie the program record, going all the way back to 47-48 for the longest losing streak within a single season. There are some dubious numbers that could be obtained from this team. And while we thought this would be a year in which they took a step back, the fact that they provided temporary hope and infused life as they won six straight and saw themselves atop the ACC, it is a dramatic fall off a cliff in season. And that's definitely difficult to stomach and uh, given the fact that they went to the Sweet 16 a year ago and the year before that and the year before that that they've been a team of consequences I like to note it's even more difficult to stomach on the one hand that's a compliment to this staff on the other hand hey man what happened I answered some of it but I can't answer all of it if I can equate it to baseball for a second you know like when when the Pirates take two out of three from the Dodgers it happens that's a good sign but if they follow it up with a 20 straight losing streak with, you know, a sweep from the Royals <laughs> yeah. and the Tigers, right. you know, that raises some questions. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe the two wins over the Dodgers were a fluke. <laughs> like maybe baseball was just being baseball. Yeah, it does. I, I Yeah. Uh, well, you can call it a day with basketball, and I hate that. I hate that. This is the conversation we're having. Um, right now with this team. I mean, the guy I was referencing Caleb Mills and Matthew Cleveland and, and even uh, Harrison Prieto and, 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 you know, I guess Cameron Fletcher, who had nine last night. Um, what bothers me most is that, and I think this can happen when you have uh, sort of the inconsistency of roster because of the uh, injuries and the absence of guys and roles shifting dramatically uh, night to night, game to game. But what appears to me, and this is the hard part, is there's been real regression from some guys. Like, I think John Butler's regressed a little bit. Now, that could be coinciding with the ankle injury. I don't know. Raquan Evans, this is a tough year for him for a lot of reasons, but there was a temporary moment where he played inspired, and we were so happy for him because it's a good kid who works hard, and obviously he's dealt with tragedy this year, but really not a lot going on there. I mean, you're not – you just <sighs> – Florida State six and seven of the ACC. They've lost five straight. Uh, this is um, this is a group now that sits behind uh, Notre Dame, Duke, Wake Forest, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia, Syracuse, Virginia Tech. Uh, I think soon they'll perhaps fall and go the way of uh, you know. You look at what happened with Louisville. I mean, th- th- this has been a collapse for them, and obviously they let their coach go in season. They've lost six straight. NC straight lost five straight. Florida State's lost five straight. Clemson's not great, but man, I'm not so sure we can avoid being down there with the rest of the bottom feeders the rest of the way, and that is an ugly, ugly deal. Let's talk some football in a moment. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every 
time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. We've almost made it to the Super Bowl tomorrow, by the way. We have Lee Sterling to join us, Paramount Sports, all the props. We get into that, have a good time with it, per usual, every Super Bowl. And this thing is ever-expanding. There's just so many things to have fun with on this. And I think even your casual, uh, infrequent uh, pizza money guys and gals get in on the Super Bowl and have these office pools and everything else, and you have fun with it. You don't have to be a degenerate like me. Or Matthew, um, although Matthew and I are closely watching the number of fairways hit in Louis Oosthuizen's round as we do the show. Where is he at now, Matthew? It's already cash, buddy. Bam! Woo! He was over two on the back nine, which leaves that's his, it. That's all, that's Dormy. All. That's it, right? So I brought this up on yesterday's show, and just allow me again, indulge me, everybody. I'm telling you, you, I'm not trying to like coerce you into becoming a problematic gambler and ruin your life. I'm telling you there are opportunities. This is a business opportunity. Prize picks. Use the promo code WARCHANT and get down if you're so inclined. (laughs) Because they have so many wonderful opportunities on a daily basis. Player props for days. Fairways hit. Greens and regulation, strokes, strokes. You go, you across the. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's heaven on earth. Matthew and I just hit on Louis Oosthuizen under fairways hit eight and a half or nine. Uh, I got it at nine. I, I got it. You- I got it at nine as well. And we took the under on that. It's hard to hit the fairways at the uh, WM, man. It dries out, ball runs off the fairway into the intermediate. You can still score. People do. You still get low numbers, but you get a lot of missed fairways. And so it's sort of deceptive. But, you know, these, again, I said on yesterday's show, it becomes a math problem. It does not even, it's not emotional. Here's the deal you look at player performance, the past will tell you the, the likely outcome. Uh, you got to mix it. You got to add some things. You got to do your research. You got to put it in context. If it's if they're thirty-five mile per hour winds, it changes what you you know think is going to happen. But short of that, if you get the normal weather this time of year and you have past performance indicating future, then then you let's go. Just across the board, just bam, 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 and sit back and let the fireworks happen. You're you're going too deep. What we're telling you is this is a hard course to hit fairways on. Mm. Bet the under on every player available. That's what we're telling you. <sighs> I'll uh, 
I, I, I think we run a very fine line between maybe going a little too far in embracing gambling on this show, admittedly, and also adhering to a growing trend amongst our consumers. And I think it's important. I can't ignore. I'm not going to ignore it. First of all, the show has always been about whatever it is we're doing. And so, like my life, Tom's life, your life, as you came became part of the show, whatever. It's all in, it's all baked into the program. And it's you want to to be relatable. You want you want to uh, connect with people. And the only way you can do that is to be honest with them about the good and the bad of who you are. <laughs> And I like to gamble. And if you don't like that, I got it. Man, that's fine. Judge me if you want to. But I'm not going to ignore it. And then when I saw all of the trends, I mean, we were on this before almost anybody. I mean, we, we jumped on board the gambling thing ages ago. And I started talking about it, much to the chagrin of a lot of program directors back in the day who would say, man, you got to stop doing it. you got to stop going on the air telling everybody how much you're gambling with your illegal bookie. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. They know I like to get down. I like to have a little fun around here. I'm not going to tell them something that's not true about that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let them know. And then more and more of them are like, you know what? I like to get down to, Jeff. I, too, see the joy of watching an irrelevant bowl game between Tulane and Washington State midway through the second quarter thinking this is the most riveting action I've ever seen, knowing that we're three points away for the first half over. <laughs> and I indeed have the first half over. Speaking of Washington State, there is a uh, play on College Sportsbook tonight yeah. for the Washington State basketball team, it's, but it's against Arizona. I don't know. I don't know if we go too far. I mean, you can't you can't go two commercial breaks without seeing a DraftKings or a FanDuel commercial. I mean, DraftKings owns Pat McAfee's show, right? I mean, they're yeah. part of the culture now. Well, Levitard as well. Uh, thanks, Phil, and others who noted this on Twitter. Uh, Mooks Kepka wrote, uh, I made some cash, lost the parlay because of T. Lizzie's hockey pick. I usually bet along with uh, them. JC's on a heater. I am on a heater. Jason writes, yeah, I listened to yesterday's episode too late, but I hope he drops some more knowledge today. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, if you look at the college sports book, you'll see I got a little Stanford-Oregon action. We went all Pac-12 tonight, baby. We're sitting back. We're watching late-night basketball. We're embracing it all. We've got a little Arizona at Washington State. Sidebar, I've got some games that may make you raise an eyebrow on the personal card. On the personal card, my system I brought up yesterday on the air about uh, figuring out overs or unders is really, really flying high right now. Uh, but I'll give you an example, Matthew, on the show. Just a little wink, wink, nod, nod to the folks out there. Uh, I might I might have a little something on... Uh, University of Illinois, Chicago against Cleveland State. I'm just saying, I might have a little something on that matchup. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They have a little something on that. Back to uh, the Super Bowl. We've almost made it. We're nearly there. And uh, I, for one, am uh, obviously intrigued. Yeah, we got all the props. We'll have fun with it. Lee Sterling will join us tomorrow. We'll talk about whatever those are. I haven't really gone deep into that, but I'm. Is Joe Burrow really going to do this? Is Joe Burrow really going to do this? He's already cemented, probably for the next however many years, uh, a level of popularity that will allow him, to some degree, the way the best quarterbacks in this league do, 
to transcend the football part of all of this. He's already done it. Like Cincinnati went 10 and 7 in the regular season. There were moments during the year where you thought, man, that's a fun team. I really enjoy watching them play, but you were not saying to yourself, they're going to win the Super Bowl. They can win the Super Bowl. You just thought they've got a really good nucleus. I can speak. Uh, and they've got some guys, right? You circle them. Got some guys that you love to build around. That was the conversation. They got to get better here. They got to get better. That offensive line is a problem. They're going to get Joe Burrow killed. Don't do that. He's a superstar in the making. Let's protect our superstar. You're good at running back. Great at wide receiver. Nice job on the defense getting some acquisitions, especially at end. Doing some things there, but you didn't think they were a Super Bowl team. And that guy, as many times as he's hit and pounded into the ground, back up, making plays, getting rid of the ball quickly, all that stuff. Well, think about it. Sunday, if you're talking about him, I don't know if you read the Bill Barnwell piece. I would encourage all of you to do it. But basically, the Rams are two different teams. If Aaron Donald gets a sack or more, the Rams win. The Rams just win. He's a wrecking crew by himself. And it leads directly to victory when he is doing that, right? You'll see that. When he has one sack or fewer, they're 500. It's crazy to see a stat tied to one player like that. The Rams are, I think, 22-22 and 22 over the last couple of years when he is uh, held to one sack or less. Anytime he gets more than that, the Rams are beating your ass. It's usually an indicator, obviously, that um, they're having to either slide or double or he should, you know, listen, it opens things up for everybody else. Uh, I find that fascinating. It makes you worried if you're on the Bengals' side. But then again, they give up nine sacks to the Titans in one. So I, every time I'm pretty sure I'm taking the Rams, I go, I don't know, man. Is there magic in the air? Is that what we're watching here? This guy who transcends all of the numbers and does things that don't make any sense. Certainly when you're when you're witnessing the kinds of comebacks and the continued belief in the face of overwhelming evidence that this is not going to be your day. You are truly witnessing something special. And I I remember bringing this up years ago on the show and it's one of I bring it up all the time just to remind myself. So if you heard me say it and you're tired of it, I get it, but I like to remind all of us because we're all sports fans. We all care deeply about the games, man. We love it. We're competitive people. Uh, We're passionate. We like the passion of the sport. We like the camaraderie. We love the community. We love to talk about famous games of yesteryear and the potential for future matchups based on uh, rising talents across the league. We just got done documenting beforehand, and then we saw it. It actually played out in the way that we had hoped and dreamt it would, and then really, frankly, beyond our wildest imagination, that Buffalo-Kansas City game, right? Remember the week leading up to that game? We're like, this has the potential. If you just look at the dynamicism of these two teams, if you just look at the two quarterbacks, if you just look at where we're at and the way they're playing, this could be one of the greatest games of all time. And then it happened. It happened. That rarely happens. But it happened. We had a series of incredible games. And I, you know, I want to remind myself that, oh, cool, I got to see that. I got to watch that. With 30 years from now, I may or may not be here, but people will be talking about that game. They'll be, they'll say, you know, gosh, of all the great games that I've seen from this time to 30 years in the future, that game will, I guarantee you, be on that short list of any article written, 
whatever it might be, right? Maybe number one, maybe number one. Well, we also do it with players that in our lifetime we were fortunate to see and we watched the meteoric rise, right? We, we watched and we said, hey, you know, don't look now. This, this so-and-so, this Tom Brady guy, man, he's pretty good. This is getting silly. He's starting to do things that nobody's ever done before. And, and you go back, whatever you want to go back 10 years, whatever it might have been. I remember we were in the, in the heat of the argument, right? Everybody loves to compare legacies. Everybody wants to have lists and everybody wants to debate the best. I always think it's very difficult to do across eras in football. It's very difficult to do in football in general because it's the ultimate team game. You need to have a lot of other guys doing a lot of things right for you to have success. Now, every now and again, a guy, if we were to apply war to football, a guy rises up and you can look at him as the primary reason for their successes, not just uh, a piece of the puzzle, but the primary reason, the largest piece, right? The cornerstone of their success. And so when those things are happening, whether it be when I was younger watching Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson or Larry Bird or whomever, right? Then, you know, every generation, every decade, we, we've all watched it happen with LeBron James. We watched it, certainly we watched it happen with Tiger Woods. That's one of the coolest things ever. You, it's, the, it's the discussion that you have where you picture yourself as a, as a grandfather talking to your grandson or granddaughter about, as you watch a sport, hey, I was lucky enough to see so-and-so play. Just the way your dad had that conversation with you. And your grand, I used to sit with my granddad in the early 80s, Treasure Island, Florida. They lived on a canal. We would go over there every Sunday. He was an avid golfer, scratch golfer, really good. And we would sit down, and I had no real interest in golf, but I had a lot of interest in hanging out with him. And so I would sit and indulge him and watch the golf, which in my mind as a kid was an old man sport. And now I'm the one who tries to get my kids to watch golf, and they look at it as an old man sport. But that said, I get it. But I got to see Arnie and Jack and all these guys, and he would talk about their legend. He would talk about what they've accomplished. I saw guys on the back end of their careers, Hall of Famers, and I look back on that now, and I think, that's really cool. I got to watch 86 when Jack wins the Masters with my granddad. That was the, I watched the charge. I saw it happen. I saw his face light up as it was happening. And because of that, I always thought, well, remember these moments, whether it be FSU or anything else, any, just, just a sports fan moment. Remember it because you only get, what, maybe if you're lucky, 10, 15 of these kinds of indelible moments or transcendent athletes that you're going to be the grandfather conversation. You're going to be the guy that's sitting there saying, I saw, and I don't know if Joe Burrow's that guy, but I don't want to overlook it because he might be. It kind of feels like he might be. And that's just maybe a little bit too much hyperbole. It always is early on. You know, we, we tend to be prisoners of the moment. We tend to want to, you know, find somebody and latch onto it. And then usually it leads to disappointment because very few people can sustain that level of greatness for long. We did get to see it with Tom Brady. Hell, they've been playing football a long time. I'm pretty sure I didn't think in my lifetime I would see somebody better than John Elway or Joe Montana or even Dan Marino, who unfortunately doesn't get the credit he deserves, particularly because he didn't win a Super Bowl. But man, was he special. Uh, you know, I've watched everybody in between. I saw Terry Bradshaw and Roger Staubach. I saw all those guys, right? We can, I mean, that's, I'm old. I saw those guys. And we can go through the list of uh, great quarterbacks, the all-time great quarterbacks. I think, I think uh, 
it's pretty cool to to know that we're probably watching another one. And most recently, if you think of what Josh Allen is, and if you think of what Patrick Mahomes is, and now we're going to add Joe Burrow to this list, good time to be a football fan. You're watching greatness. You're watching all-time greatness. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. All right. Uh, I do think it's funny that everybody, when's baseball start? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's toughy. It's toughy. Last night's uh, the moment you wash your hands of it, Tom. This is where you're kind of like, I, I'm not going to watch again this year. I'm well, going to admit to everybody I'm not watching them again this year. Oh, really? I'm done with them. I can't watch them. They suck. Oh. I can't watch them. Well, Matthew, I guess in the production meetings, we'll have to scrap basketball on Monday. <laughs> what am I watching? For future developments. Okay. I mean, I say I won't watch. My seat is sinking while I'm talking. This is bizarre. What are we doing here? I'm going to fall. Look at this. I'm falling off the dam. This is ridiculous. I'm so glad we have video for these types of things. This stupid ass thing. All right. It's on WarChant TV for anybody driving around town listening. That that did happen. Hopefully. It just started sinking. Is it doing it again or is it locked? I hope it's locked. I thought I locked it. Okay. We'll see. If I just begin to, st- <laughs> no man, that I was Leonard Hamilton and his essence in here yeah, saying, "Hey, listen, yeah. I'm gonna lower your chair." What one bad year? You no. can't watch us. What the hell! Look at what I've done the last five years. No, no, I propped him up at the start of the show by saying, "Look, you get a bit of a pass because of all the goodwill that has been earned with the, uh, you know, season after season of success." But I gotta tell you, they look a little. Um, disjointed uh they look a little uh confused i i'm not seeing a lot in the way of um adjustments to a persistent problem that's all it's like you can be a good coach who's having a tough moment and i think with this team there is there is a there's something beyond the injuries that is going on here it's it's tough i mean Tom, they scored 51 points. I, I'm aware. 51 yeah, points, yeah. Tom. I did see it. And that was, um, listen, I, I enjoy the alternate N7 uniforms, but that night was the wrong night for those with what Pitt was wearing. So the ugliness on the court in terms of the, that looks like like a, a G League or, or NBA Summer League type alternate jersey sales kind of game. And so it was aesthetically... From a basketball purist standpoint, about as pleasing as it was for somebody who likes to see nice laundry on the playing surface matching the other laundry. 16 for 56. Mm. 28%. Sounds like a Tim Tebow game in the NFL. 28%. Oh, man. I, I, they, they have gone from snake-bitten with the injury bug to pretty much a team that lacks confidence in everything they do. They really, they're just absolutely disjointed. The offensive uh, rhythm or lack thereof is appalling. It is difficult to, uh, to stomach really. I, um, 
I spend a lot of time almost like just mouth agape at what I'm seeing. I'm just so surprised to watch uh, some of these guys regress. You're seeing a lot of regression. And, you know, I, I knew that Malik Osborne was a good player and an important player, and to some degree you could consider him certainly the heart and soul and experienced uh, player of, of this group. But to, I didn't think losing him meant that you couldn't play, like, at all. Oh, yeah, that's the thing is, you know, that tells you how, I don't know, if rare. <laughs> well, no, I was going to look into the past and better times, but how rare it is to be able to have a rotation that deep and that talented. And we were able to sustain that for many years, even with guys leaving for the NBA or Europe or in Obiagu's case back in the day, transferred to Seton Hall where he hardly played for a couple of years. Whatever the reason was, we were able to replenish and still have a rotation that was at least eight men, eight men strong. You know, you get to maybe nine on the bench, you say, why is that guy playing 10 minutes? Can we mm -hmm. stop that? Mm -hmm. But it was always at least eight. In some years, it was legitimately 10 or 11. And we were able to do that year after year after year. It's just, it feels paper thin, this group this year. Quick NBA note for those that are uh, into it, and I am more than I have been. The deal did happen. It's it's done. That's right. The Nets have dealt James Harden to the Sixers for Simmons. Uh, you know, we'll see. I know you're a Sixers fan, Director Matthew. Yeah, that was, did he not know that? No, he didn't know that. Well, yeah. it's happened. It's Curry and uh, and Simmons and yes, draft Seth Curry, picks. Andre and, Drummond, two yeah, first-round picks. Yeah. Uh, really like Seth Curry, man. That's a tough person to get rid of. He's been a glue guy, solid. Uh, the only thing I say is, look, which James Harden are you getting? Fat-ass, lazy defender who doesn't care to play very hard. has uh, uh, The lazy defender is always – you're getting that no matter what. It's just <laughs> that's the other, that's it's the omnipresent, other yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, the yeah. mashup of him not playing defense yeah. is classic YouTube clip. So the fat-ass who's allowed himself to get bigger in season. I don't even know how that's possible when you're playing as frequently. But then again, he's got the, like, the longest-running hamstring strain of any player in history, so I'm not real sure – uh, oh, uh, the uh, the memes are already out there of like the Kevin Nash. You've seen that where he's got the fake cast and leg and he pulls up the blanket. They're like, here comes James Harden's hammy. Yeah, it's probably just fine. Yeah. Uh, but that deal, yeah, got done. By the way, Brooks Kepka. apparently form doesn't matter heading into uh, Scottsdale. He's tied for the lead. Okay. <laughs> he's not cuckoo. All right. Well, he he's, may be cuckoo. Yeah. He just likes this place. He won the tournament a year ago. But uh, that's yeah, reassuring news. He's four under. But by the way, we have a Gary Woodland sighting. Everybody, he's not dead. Gary's tied for first. It's a miracle. Brooks is like, really? Last time I saw you, you were outlasting me at Pebble. You jerk. It's actually a fun little leaderboard here. Gary Woodland, Brooks Kepka, Xander Schauffele, all tied oh. atop the leaderboard. Hey, let's keep them there let's for the go. whole weekend. Louis Usta isn't a shot off. Come on, Louis. And there's a Francesco Molinari sighting, ladies. Oh what is going God. on? It's 2018. We, Where's Tiger? Where's Tiger? Back. We need Rory him. Rory Sabatini is the top. Uh, well, that, now he's that, been playing good. Yeah, but he, that won't last. It won't. You're they're not up to now four tiers on the 16th. Four tiers of sweets. So great. And they're looking at five next year, probably. It's coolest hole in golf, man. I that just, thing's going to be a dome before long. It is so cool. It is so fun to watch. It is. Um, the players get out of that stuffiness, and it becomes a sport like any other. It's the only time where, like, if you love football and don't care anything about golf, or you love basketball or whatever, baseball, 
and you tune into this event, and then you see them come out of the tunnel on 16, and the fans are going nuts and screaming during their swing. You're like, all right, I can get down with this. And the best is when players, and a lot of them do, embrace all of it. When they come out and, I mean, look, you think about what you could do if you're, I, I, I'm not watching right now, but you think about what you could do if you're Brooks Kepka. You're sponsored by Mick Ultra. Everybody in those stands is plastered. They've been there since 6 a.m. They've been drinking. They're fed free drinks half the time. It's crazy. So it's a zoo. It, why would you not set it up? And I think that the tour would be fine with it, and I'm sure Mick would be. Mick Ultra would be. I mean, pull nine beers out of your bag and go over to the stands and start handing them out before you hit. Seriously. The, that place would go nuts. Absolutely. It'd be awesome. It's a great idea to give free beer. You know, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I agree. I agree. We'll have more on that. Let's make sure we confirmed all that we need to confirm. But good things are happening. Uh, I think good happening. Things, yeah. Uh, the Jeff Cameron Show Invitational. Good things are happening. Going to want to sign up for this one. Could, could be, be as fun as that leaderboard over could, at the WM. Could very well be. Uh, it's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. Yeah, the uh, Nets win that deal, by the way, I believe, too. That's what the uh, director just said. Yeah, the Nets won that deal. And apparently, according to Woj, they're not done. They're trying to parlay the picks as more capital to go swing another good player. Bring in and, and make a go of it. Right oh. now, they're on that bubble of like the 10 seed line. Oh, yeah, but but listen, they've had uh, a lot of uh, problems with from an injury front. Um, I mean, Durant will be back in full, and they'll be fine. Right. The goal is just to get out of the play-in round thing, which yeah. now it's amazing. I mean, is that going to become the standard across sports now? Um, you know, hockey seems and, that way. Right. Football's now seven in each conference. Hockey's always been eight, but is hockey going to do a play-in tournament and follow the NBA? I mean, it's just more revenue to create these terrible playoff games. People tune in. Um, I the the NBA has been fun. I've I've enjoyed it uh, in the first half of the season here. I've I've enjoyed uh, you know. We're reaching the trade deadline today. I got excited. I was like, I'm, I'm actually catching myself checking the updates. I was like, okay, that's a good sign. They're winning me back. That's a surprising sign. Yeah. I, I was. I got up this morning kind of excited. I, I haven't been excited about the NBA trade deadline in some time. I got up, I, sometime I got up this morning, I was like, ooh, let's see what we got going. What's cooking? No, I defer because there are so many. You know, by the way, I would I would note as a sports fan, and we were talking just big picture general stuff because it's impossible to sit here and spend much time on Florida State basketball other than to say that it's a dumpster fire right now. Um, but I, I was thinking to myself, the access to information has never been better as a sports fan. If you want to get – up close and personal, and, and and try to get a sense of what a GM is doing or thinking. You can read between the lines based on a lot of the uh, the articles written from insiders in each of the league uh, leagues. But I don't think anybody's got more uh, insight, team to team, player to player, uh, in the way of beat writers and insider podcast, et cetera, than the NBA. The NBA's got at least seven to ten guys, I'd say off the top of my head, that do an exceptional job and have real connections to, I mean, whether it's a superstar player like Kevin Durant or LeBron James or you name your guy, right? But also Daryl Morey and all these other GMs. Like, these guys are connected in a way that when you're reading those stories, you know, not all of them, but you know, that they were given that information from the higher ups. Yeah, the um, 
there was a period of time, a golden age for Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. in which they had several insiders yes. that were at the height of their powers. But now it's down to a, a few, a two few. or three. Yeah. But Buster used to be in the game, and Peter uh, Gammons and, and oh, uh, Jason Stark every once in a while would break something, and uh, Rosenthal has always been good at it. He's He's still, good. He remains quite good at mm-hmm. it. And then the NFL, it's like two or three. But you're right. In basketball, there is a... It's almost like each camp has a person that they want it's to talk to. It's unbelievable. Through. They do a really good job with it. I mean, um, old Wendy, he's not lacking. Yep, he's yep. not lacking for food. And there's uh, if by food you mean information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, that was good. That was good. It was surprising. That was good. Yeah. Hey, you brought up baseball. That's a weird story. Jeremy Giambi's dead, forty-seven years old. That was out of nowhere. And, uh, and universal, <laughs> and well, and you know what else is is uh, pitchers batting. Universal DH has been accepted. Oh, uh, boo! Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with.